1: Welcome back to Short Shifts. I'm your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me, your other host, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, we need to start out by addressing the elephant in the room. There is no longer any chance of an all Short Shifts hosts patron or a uh, tier one of the Cuckupful championship. Uh, you unfortunately fell to Marcus this week. No shame in that. A uh, friend of the podcast from the Stat Attack podcast. I'm in deep against our pal Elon this week and uh honestly I'm just I'm a little bummed out that we
2: don't have a chance of uh meeting up once again. Well, uh my bummed out beats your bummed out but <laughs> uh no I feel you know one thing that's been nice about it the strangest thing about it is that I feel like it's been an age since we've recorded. I think time is just moving slower mm-hmm. when I'm not like actively tuned in to uh, my fantasy team in the cup I've still got, you know, other, other leagues going, but they don't capture my, my heart and my attention in the same way. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like it's been a really long time since we've recorded. Uh, which was, which was curious to me. Uh, Marcus played an outstanding game. He had, uh, like his depth guys were all so good. Uh, and you know, in a small sample size, I'm going to take the, uh, the Evander Kane approach and say, look, we're not going to make excuses like the fact that in a very small sample size, Dmitry Orlov can greatly outscore, uh, Adam Fox. So, uh, you know, these things just happen and I'm very impressed by Marcus's performance and he's, uh, he's, off to, uh, well, I haven't checked the score lately, but anyway, uh, rooting for you, certainly, uh, as you head forward. I know you're up against Elon, so maybe it's blasphemy to say, but, uh, I- I'm rooting for you, bud. I hope you win. And, uh, just very exciting to watch these playoffs unfold. And, you know, I'm relaxing a little bit now. I'm enjoying my fifth place match, uh, which, as you have pointed out, means basically nothing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're just cruising on into, uh, into the finals here. Uh, watching you guys have your really exciting matches uh, up there among the final four. I feel I feel bad now for for saying that
1: your your fifth place matchup is not exciting. It's you know, the, the, hey buddy, it's, uh, it's still it's still good.
2: I don't need your pity support. I, I, As I expressed before, I am a competitive person, and I appreciate the opportunity to be competitive one more time. I actually didn't realize there was a fifth-place match, and luckily I had gone through and set all my lines in the case of, of advancing, um, because I could have ended up with a ton of bench players, and... You know, that would have, again, meant nothing, but (laughs) it would have been unfortunate uh, in my quest to finish uh, in the finals in the same place that I finished uh, the season in the cupful or in tier one.
1: Well, Lewis, if it makes you feel better, while you were talking about that, Igor Shastyrkin gave up two goals. So uh, here we are. Let's move on. Let's get into the show. We'll hop right over to Colorado where we get to talk about guess what? COVID-19. Everybody's you know, we're when this season's over, don't you think we're all going to look back and just be like, god, remember the good old days where random players would be catching life-threatening diseases as we moved through the season. What a what a what a great time it is to be playing fantasy hockey.
2: You've got your condensed season. You've got your Rupe hintses who are just a game time decision every game for the whole season. You got people dropping out unexpectedly. It has been a wild one. It has challenged our ability to think on our feet. It has challenged our ability to be calm and, and maintain our zen in the face of problems that are wildly out of our control. Uh, but let's talk about some of the things that at least, uh, we can control now that we know. We have uh, COVID in its, you know, rearing its ugly head here in Colorado. We know Miko Rantanen has tested positive, uh, and it's going to be out for a while here. We don't even know if Colorado will be able to return this week. You know, this this is going to play a role in people's uh, fantasy playoffs here.
1: Well, actually, I don't know that we've got confirmation that Rantanen has tested positive, but he was added to the COVID nineteen list. The interesting thing is that the Avs had their games canceled. Last week, and we still hadn't seen a new positive pop up just yet. So this does seem a little bit concerning that that Rantanen could have tested positive within or or several days after uh, the team ostensibly would have been sent home to self isolate after uh, after the other positive test with Don Squay and Grubauer. So I just don't know, like, how could you gamble on the the Avs returning on Thursday at this point? I would be staying away and not
2: uh, leaning into streaming one of those players. Yeah, so hopefully their opponent is going to be St. Louis. So hopefully you were already sort of shying away from them as streamer options since they weren't going to play until Thursday. Um, but you know, there's not a ton of St. Louis players that I would necessarily be desperate to hold on to if we are in a situation where uh, it looks like you could squeeze an extra, few games out of a different player by making a swap on wednesday uh, when you are likely to hear this episode so that would be something would be definitely in my mind like we said you know this is this is the part of the season where everything is condensed all everything you know the, the impact is magnified so i might be thinking about jettisoning some some blues or some avs uh, as we move forward here i had uh grubauer and a keeper uh, and I'm trying to, you know, i'm I'm not looking to to necessarily keep someone if it's gonna potentially cost me uh, a shot at a title. So I jettisoned him uh, as soon as I heard the news that he was gonna be out for a couple weeks. And that's the mindset that I come into these playoffs with.
1: Yeah, I think that um, it is tough once you get into keeper considerations, but I tend to be a little bit more conservative myself. Um, but I think in a limited keeper, keep three, keep four, uh, then I there are very few players who I'm going to keep if they're not going to be there for the playoffs, unless you know, assuming that I am. We're talking about even options. Then I'm I'm happy to cut somebody if they're going to sh- not be there, and I'm also not going to keep them. Uh, let's go over to Florida next, where a couple of things to talk about. A bunch of new additions to the Florida Panthers team. Let's start in nets where Spencer Knight is having his debut up against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Currently. 30 for 31 on the evening. He did allow a goal that should have stood, but Columbus stupidly went offside. Um pretty good start for Spencer Knight. Of course, that is a jam-packed crease in Florida. I would have to assume, you know, they're going to they're going to stick with Babrowski for 50% of the starts. Do you think that Knight eats into more than, you know, more than this? Do you think that he's going to stick around or are we looking at a three-headed monster i can't handle any more the col- the carolina one is
2: enough for me yeah, this is an interesting decision to kind of give Knight a chance to show what he's got. I wonder why now. I'd be interested in sort of hearing what the thought process was. It seems like they're kind of throwing a monkey wrench into the gears here as they head into the playoffs. That being said, he's obviously performing very nicely in this debut uh, for you know the the Florida Cerberi. I think we're gonna call them since we're we're delving into our three headed monster lore here. I think this is interesting, but I, I think you make a good point is that this really seems to be more of a drag on Driegers' value than it is a great benefit for either of them. I think it is too risky to assume that there's going to be a whole lot of starts for uh, either of the sort of 1B, really two options uh, if Bobrovsky is going to take charge and you know gear up and get ready for the playoffs. They're like you said, probably half the games e- if the other two stick around, uh, maybe 60-40 if they don't. I do I do think this is just kind of an odd one. Um I don't know what to make of it. I, I'm a little bit lost for, for commentary here because I just am surprised they're they're in first place. Why are you mucking around with things? If it's not broke, you know, don't fix it, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's just like Carolina, but also a a situation they chose to create for themselves. I'm assuming that they're just trying to give Spencer Knight a little bit of pro seasoning. Uh, what is he a draft year plus one? Or I don't think that it's I think he was part of that. 2019 class so maybe just trying to give him a little bit of experience here um, at the worst case scenario I would think it would be a Carolina situations where you know Bobrovsky's in the Marazic spot where he's getting every other start and then they might alternate between uh, Reimer and Delkovich, or in this case Knight and Drieger uh, but yeah it's something to look f- something to watch and definitely there are some uh, there is value in grabbing a spot start from one of those Florida Panthers goaltenders uh, let's talk about the forwards next though because there were two marquee ads I guess marquee in the NHL is very different from marquee ads in the NBA for example where uh, you might see a superstar get traded but in the NHL Sam Bennett and Nikita Gusev are, you know, 80% of what we ever get. Uh, but, you know, looking at the looking at the paper, you would think, all right, Nikita Gusev, line one, power play one, let's go. Just two points in four games so far. That game is still continuing, so that may be out of date. But from line two, power play two, Sam Bennett has been unbelievable. Five points in three games since joining the Panthers, playing with Duclair and Huberto. Duclair also on a hot streak with six points in that stretch. Huberto also cleaning up, but I mean, when is Jonathan Huberto not cleaning up? Uh, so that one is, you know, just that's a, as it goes, steady as it goes for Hubie. Uh, what do you make of this this deal in, in Florida? Would you take Bennett above Gusev, even though he's not even on the top power play
2: unit? So a few things to mention here. First off, I think you asked sort of why is this happening a little bit, uh, I think. That this is, you know, a chance for Duclair and for Bennett really to play with the best player they've ever had the opportunity to get uh, on a line with. Uh, and obviously there's this instant chemistry, at least for the time being. I mean, Florida is playing great. The, the Really one of the big surprises of the season, I think, after the offseason that they had uh, where people thought they they gave away a fair amount of talent. And here they are at the top of their division just crushing it. Uh, I, you know, I, I guess I am of a mind where I uh, usually would say it's the guy with the deployment, right? Take the line one power play one guy. That's who you want to have but we've talked about you know how the season shrinks you know as you look towards the end of it here and I think you want to stick with the hot hand Bennett has obviously found something that really works between himself and Declaire and Huberdo and I think for the next couple of weeks here as the fantasy playoffs wrap up I would guess that Bennett is going to score more stick with the guy who's really performing he seems to be enjoying his time uh since his trade Gusev you know is a guy who has been a bit of an enigma you know obviously very talented but he hasn't been able to put it all together and you know, he's been the kind of guy who has lost the faith of his coaches. And if he's not able to produce in that line one power play one spot, how long is he really going to hold it for? The one big advantage that he has is that we just saw um Hornquist went out uh, and that maybe uh, delays, you know, a potential for some things to get moved around and maybe to lose a, a potential spot uh, in the lineup in terms of deployment. But give me Bennett right now over uh give me Bennett or Duclair right now over Gusev. Huh. I
1: think Duclair is a step too far for me, but I do agree that Bennett in, you know, a bangers league where you're getting points for hits and shots, then, yeah, I think that... Gusev is kind of that empty calorie guy. You're going to get an assist. I mean, what we think he can be is an empty calorie assist player, whereas with Sam Bennett, you're going to get the back end stuff. He's kind of like a Hornquist, actually, and playing above him, uh, as you mentioned right now, even before Hornquist went out, he was bumped down to line three. And Sam Bennett took the spot on line two with uh, Duclair and, um, and Huberto. So yeah, I think in the short term, I agree. I think the only spot where I I kind of, my strategy differentiates from what you were describing was that I I think in the long term, it's just really hard for me to bet on a line two power play two guy outperforming the guy on line one power play one. So I would say like, I would hedge and say, yeah, give me Bennett for tonight, Thursday night. Sure. I'm going to reassess after that though, you know, just because I don't know how sustainable it is to keep on scoring goals, especially for a guy like Sam Bennett, who doesn't have the same reputation as Nikita Gusev does to be an offensive Offensive contributor in the long term, so I love the hot streak. I'm riding it while it while it's rolling, but uh, I just don't know that I trust it to continue long term.
2: I'm not worried about long term, man. It's all short term from here on out. That's my thing. That's my approach. You're definitely right. I just when you say like sh- a few weeks down the road, that's where, sure, I, where sure. I'm like uh,
1: maybe I would I would hold a little bit off from getting getting that far ahead of myself, but definitely like I, like I don't disagree with you. Otherwise, it's very much a uh, it's very much something where we are at the end of the season. If 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 I had to bet on one of them from now until the end of next week, I I don't think that it's I don't think that you'd be crazy for going with Bennett at all. The, I I can see why you would say that for sure. Coming up, we will talk about a couple of injuries and outjuries. You're listening to
0: Short Shifts. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis, let's go to Boston next where Matt Grizzlick returned from another injury. Uh, Brian mentioned he has definitely begun to meet his uh, meet the qualifications to be considered a band-aid boy. Uh, I was a little bit concerned as a uh, Matt Grizzlick manager because Mike Riley Fit in so nicely on that top unit in his first couple games in Boston, he put up two assists in the three game or in the four games that he was on that top unit. But he also filled filled out the the categories with 13 shots and seven hits across those four games. Tonight, Matt Grizzly's back. He hops right back on that top power play unit and um, doesn't stop Mike Riley from pocketing a secondary assist on a Brad Marchand goal in the first period. Is Mike Riley a drop or a hold now that Grislik's back?
2: So Riley has basically looked like a you know peripherals guy who's going to get you some assists. He was on a very nice run of assists after he left uh, or, or when he was in Ottawa still mm-hmm. and has three assists in five games since he's been in Boston. And I think that's quite appealing. Uh, obviously, he was getting some nice power play minutes that have vanished now. I think if you liked Mike Riley in Ottawa, you should certainly like him in Boston. Uh, You know, both teams have decent offenses, you know, uh, where we've been impressed, I think, with the number of goals Ottawa has been able to score. You know, I I think you look at it basically as a side grade now that he is off of that front line. I think he's certainly droppable, but, you know, he's worth holding on to if those category fillers have been beneficial for you and you like a guy who can give you a point here and there. Um, you know, but check out your options along the waiver wire. There's certainly other interesting and, and appealing players. But yeah, I don't I don't mind Riley. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. I have the same level of interest now as I did when we talked about him on that hot run of assists in Ottawa. I think that that's pretty much dead on. I, I guess the one thing with Riley right now, and
1: we're all about the short term, as you mentioned, Boston has an excellent schedule this week, so I'm probably going to hold on just because if he's already on my roster, I'm not going to waste a roster move for somebody who I'm going to get three more games out of this week, but I, I would be more hesitant to run to the waiver wire now that it be, that it's become clear Grizzlick's going to be on that top power play unit. The one thing I will say, uh, or I'll call back to, is that Grizzlick has struggled with injuries, so I would keep my eye on Mike Riley, even as I I drop him blissfully back into the Uh, the waiver wire let's go to a rival of the Boston Bruins in Montreal Carey Price back from injury for just one period and then he's triggered into the concussion protocol out at least a week Jake Allen back in the starters net after a relatively uneventful uh, turn after Carey Price's hand injury Uh, Lewis what are your thoughts here on Jake Allen? I, I know I, I called him or I said that he might be able to go on a bit of a Jack Campbell run a, a couple weeks back on the show. Um, and it turns out that that was a sign that both of them are bad
2: because both of them have been kind of bad since I said that. Uh, do you think that Jake Allen has anything here? I mean, it's a good opportunity. You're not going to have to be wondering about when he's going to play. He's going to get this game upcoming against Edmonton, almost certainly. And then uh, we'll get one of the two games against Calgary. It also means that Caden Primo, uh, if he is an interesting option to you, will get one of those games as well. I worry a little bit just because I think that, uh, you know, the Edmonton players really owe their managers who are only getting two games out of them this week to really blow the doors off of whoever they play in the one game that they've or in the couple games that they've got, uh, which if true, uh, would be obviously bad for Allen. You know, I I think I would take it if I was desperate. I don't love the matchups. Um, you know, Calgary is fine. Uh, as an opponent, they have kind of been able to blow people up and also maybe not produce so much in other games. It's been it's been kind of interesting. I will say it's been nice to have uh kind of the traditional scores in Calgary doing a little bit more uh lately. Yeah, I, you know, I I am lukewarm on this Allen ad. I think if I need goalie starts, you certainly could do a lot worse. Um, but I don't like that Edmonton matchup, and you know, uh, Calgary is a bit of a coin flip for me.
1: I'm not even sure that we'll see Primo. I think I think that the thing to like about Jake Allen is that the Habs may be willing to start him on that both sides of that back to back. So if you wanted to chase volume, I think you could do worse. Speaking of volume, Lewis, I actually have to bring this up, and it's not in our show notes, but last night I asked you about uh, if I should try and get in on the Dustin Tokarsky experiment in uh, Buffalo, and uh, you kind of convinced me to step back because he he was going up against Boston tonight. He's got Boston two more times this week, although one of them is a back-to-back, and it does look like Uko Uko Ukopeka Lukanin will get one half of that back-to-back potentially, which would be exciting. Um, but Dustin Tokarski tonight, 39 saves on 41 shots against. He now has, you know, put together a little bit of a run here on a t- on a Buffalo team that we had all sort of left for dead. I just I got to know, Dustin Tokarski, are
2: you starting to believe? I, I it's so bizarre to me, honest to God, he was out of the league for years and it's a great story to have him come in and play as well as he has to to be able to lead this uh, ragtag group of leftovers uh, to some degree of success here. Five I'm straight impressed.
1: Quality starts. I just I have to interject five straight quality starts against
2: playoff level opponents. So here's what I'll say, because I still feel like the Sabres are a fraud, like they are performing above what they really are. Are capable of at this stage with this roster with Eichel out with Hall now gone obviously wasn't doing much for them anyway but uh, with Montour gone who was scoring for them I just feel like they they can't actually be as good as they've been but if you are in a league where you have saves as a category or if you get nice points for saves and that kind of volume is useful for you look he's gonna get starts um, you know we'll see some some Uko a little bit I'm sure um, you know, but, you know, like we said, you know, why not? This, this is the time to experiment with giving a goalie, you know, some opportunity to show what he's got. I don't know if Florida is really in that position, as I was complaining about earlier. I, I think he can be useful if, if saves are valuable to you and you are willing to take a risk with your rates because sooner or later he's going to have a bad game. He can't, he can't, you know, uh, these five quality starts. I feel like a guy who was out of the league that long. It's it's shocking that he's done as well as he has, and I feel like he is riding a a wave that is not going to continue forever.
1: Yeah, I mean, no goalie is going to be good forever. There's uh, there's many songs written about that. Um, Dustin Tokarski, though, it's. You know what? I'm gonna make the comparison. I couldn't decide if I was gonna if I was gonna go for it or not. But he's the Sam Bennett of goaltenders. Like you know that this isn't who he is. He's not gonna score 82 goals in 82 games. But you're trying to ride the wave because we're in a short, condensed season here. There's eight days left, or whatever, ten days left. Why not Dustin Tokarski?
2: I'll say this, I wish uh, I wish we had swapped him out for, for Drieger, because I didn't know that Drieger was going to lose that start today tonight, mm-hmm. uh so so there's that at least that is that is the extent to which I will uh, admit my wrong headedness about this so far, but maybe by the time I come back on Thursday or a week from today i'll I'll truly have a, a big heaping crow to eat
1: well, I think in fairness to you, you wanted to keep Mike Smith. I forced us to switch to Dustin or to uh, Chris Drieger because he stole a start from Bob last week. And uh, the answer was we should have either stayed with Smith and we should have stayed with Smith and then switched to Takarski. But nobody cares about our fantasy team, Lewis. And that's why we should probably call it for this episode. For myself, Ben Burnett, signing out of here. Lewis, thank you for hanging out with me and uh, tell the folks about some fun links they can check out.
2: Alright, absolutely will do Thank you as always so much for joining us Especially here as the season wraps up We hope that you are doing awesome in your leagues uh, Please be sure to give us a follow At Short Shifts KK Brian and Elon you can find at Keeping Carlson And of course join Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme At NHL Stream Scheme uh, Please visit the great site That we research our episodes with At Yahoo, Frozen Tools, Trick, And Kukupful.com Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach uh, And until we see you next next, Next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.